Show episode number 386 from the road. From the road, <laughs> the, the MMA road show is actually on the road. My name is John Morgan, and cold coffee is with me in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, it's been a while Jeez. since we've done one of these on the road, I know. right? It's both of us at my on house, the road. yeah, let alone both of us, but just on the road. You, you've done it more on the road because I'll usually be back in Vegas or whatever, but like it's legit on the road, on the road, but bro. Let's talk about on the road, on the road. Look at this guy heading to San Diego, oh, yeah. making a quick stop in Vegas for the hey, Contender Vegas, Series. What, what? No sleep, straight, straight to the airport. But two hours. Two hours. It, it didn't feel like I had sleep. It was literally like the most rushed, uncomfortable sleep. I set like alarms from 1, 115, 125, yeah. 135, 145. On one, I, I have two phones, and then – the other phone, I set it and then I laid it on my chest. Oh yes, <laughs> and then so I left. Right there I left all the lights on. I didn't want to get too comfortable. Um, you know, I sleep with like a CPAP. I didn't even do that. I wanted right. to be uncomfortable so that I would wake my shit up because those those little nights like that, it's not as easy as when we're younger. And it's just like, can we clarify that I know you sleep with a CPAP because you've told me? Well, no, you were there that one night. <laughs> Remember the <laughs> night? I was like, John, can we stop cuddling so I can put my CPAP on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's because we've talked about CPAP. Because I told you that you should have one. I know I should. Get, I got one and I I haven't used it, man. I, I thought you started using it. I got it. tested for it and it's just uncomfortable, man. It's well, you get used to it. It's good for your health. But anyway, any of you out there, this is your medical talk. If you need a CPAP and you have a CPAP, you should wear your CPAP because you feel better yeah, like and it lowers that. your blood pressure. Oh, God. And I think it stretches your dick out as well. <laughs> That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> it's like inflation. It just the air goes in your nose and it just goes straight out and just swells this little oh, motherfucker sure down that's here. Exactly how it works. Man. Ah, that's probably not. Oh bad. man, but yeah, listen, dude, you've been on a run, man. I uh, yeah, I did. I flew in yesterday to Salt Lake just because, yeah, that that whole like rushing to get home from the Contender Series and no sleep and to yeah, the airport and then and then you you kind of had the the nightmare scenario almost happen right where it's Stuck delayed on the tarmac yeah and delayed and, and that's what that always worries me too about flying in on media day because if you sh- if you if your flight's delayed and you miss it it's like yeah. that's a huge portion of fight week you know yeah luckily I, I took like the very first flight that uh, Southwest offered so we had a little bit of time built in but if that flight would have got canceled and then you start looking at like everything's delayed like everything's getting delayed everywhere first oh. for whatever reason so many problems just coming back from San Diego, there was the bullshit of the guy that tried stealing a pair of glasses and then, then oh, like rushed yeah. through the security, caused a big ruckus, made a guys, loud yeah, noise. Anybody didn't see this? This was at McCarran Airport, so McCarran not in Airport. San Diego, but it was at, or it's, it's Harry Reid now. I apologize yeah, in I, Vegas. I still say McCarran. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, so he rushes through security and, and they're chasing. Loud noises ensue. Everybody freaks out because they think it's a gunshot or they think whatever. So people start scattering everywhere. You had people that ran out uh, onto the tarmac. People that stormed through people security. People that stormed through security. Everybody was just rushing through. So they had to pull everybody out, rescreen them, but they also had to look at the planes. They had to check the tarmac outside, make sure everything was all good. All because of some dumbass, and so and so the whole time you're sitting in San Diego, they basically closed they down closed, the airport. They closed down a whole terminal, so like the terminal that we were supposed to go back to, we couldn't. So they're just like, well, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. It took two hours just to get on the plane, and then we sat on the plane because they're like, well, we don't really have a gate that we can go back to. So then we sat there. So it was like we're happy to be on the plane. We're like, yes, here we go, and they're like. Well, we're, we're still got to hold tight for a second, but at least we were on the plane or right. whatever. But it was just like, oh, man, it was just a nightmare. But 
But yeah, that being said, even today, there was a little bit of uh, of a delay. This was mechanical, wasn't something else, but it's just like, it's almost guaranteed now there's going to be some sort of delay. So you're right, coming in on the day of a media day is risky, but luckily we built in enough time by coming so early yeah. that we had a little bit of time. So we still got to the, the host hotel at like... 9 a.m. or something like that. So we still had two hours or whatever before. So how are you holding um, up right now, man? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm pro- I've, I've already went through, like, I've had so much coffee. I've had different emotions all day, and then I get grumpy and whatever. But I'm sure by the time this is done and this is edited and it's done and I can get some food and I can actually sit, uh, I'll feel better. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash hard tonight. Yeah, uh, I bet, man. So. It's been a run for you. I should say, by the way, and that's what we get for promising that Hot Tea was going to be with us. Uh, yeah, motherfucker. Bounced out on us. He, he had to go take a box. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's fight camp time, man. It's fight camp. You know, well, they keep switching the dates. You know, poor guy like Oscar. So Oscar wants to fight. The whole time it was the, the class is over like October 8th or the 12th, that particular weekend. And then it got to the point where they're like, okay, hey, we're going to pair up with Tough Enough. You know, so now a lot of the guys that are fighting are getting kind of nervous because they're like, oh, shit, yeah, this yeah. is not just in the gym. This is going to be in front of the crowd. They lost the tough enough date, and so they were like, "Well, shoot, you know, I think they want to keep it tied to it." So they started pushing it back to November. So now a lot of the guys that are like, "Oh my god, I've been doing this for so long. I just want to almost fight and get it over with. They don't want to stretch it out. They don't know what's going to happen." Now there's a possibility the original date might come back or something along those lines. So Oscar right now is in total crunch time because it's it's legit in. What would be, you know, it started as a 20-week program, so they were kind of joking, say this is over two two fight camps that you're right. getting. But the amount of time from now to if it is in October, it's legit in the middle of a fight camp. It's, it's about like, like eight, eight weeks, weeks out. Right, yeah, yeah so like this is it. Eight to six, eight, six weeks to eight weeks is what most fighters would say that's like their fight camp. Yep. And what's unique about this particular program is that it's two fight camps in one, so you're you're starting to get hurt. You're getting tired. Just trying to do it. But man, kudos to uh, Hot T. Man, he's he's fucking crushing it. Man, he's been when he's been on the road, he's been getting work in at different gyms and uh, other th- other things. So uh, good on him. But yeah, he was supposed to be here, but he chose to go get some work in so that he could get work in later on, drinking with you <laughs> later on. We'll uh, get him for that. Yeah, we'll so. get him for that. You know. Good for him, man. I, it's funny, right? Because now he's getting to experience that psychological side of the fight, right? Yes. Which is, I've always said it's the it's you the signed the papers. It's coming. It. It's the weirdest thing, and I've said yeah. it before. It's it, but but it's it's the truth, and I think you know most people listen to this will, are kind of hardcores and realize it. But it's like you know from the from the smallest flyweight on the roster to the biggest heavyweight, you know. Anybody on the UFC roster, if shit went down in a bar, could clean house. You know what I mean? Like they could take out everybody. No problem, no concerns, no worries whatsoever. But man, once you put your signature on a contract and you know the exact date and the exact time and the exact location and the exact name, and you got to think about yep. it when you wake up, when you you know at night, you know what's that person doing right now? Yep. Boy, it messes with you. It yep. messes and especially with you. now the fact that they're thinking about, oh wow, there's going to be a location, there's going to be people watching. It's one thing just to I would think just get it up to fight against and in front of like other you know. MMA guys at extreme, you know, in the gym or other people in the class with maybe just the small group of friends and families. It's a whole nother ball game. You start adding like there's going to be complete strangers that have no ties to you at all. No respect for you. No, whatever. They're right. just like, I'm watching this guy get in here and fight. You know, is he going to get knocked the fuck out? Am I going to laugh at him? And that all that psychology starts playing in as well. And I've seen the change in some of the fighters that I've seen some that are like, 
wow, this is going to be really cool. And I've seen others that are like, shit. Right. You know, like, it's one I thing. I thought we were just going to do it I thought we were just going to do it in gym. Like, almost like a private, just amongst nobody us. Nobody will know. Nobody like, will know. We'll, 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 you know, I'll know that I did it, yeah. but nobody will really see it. Now they're like, wow, somebody could actually have video of me getting knocked the fuck out. That's completely unrelated. It, yeah. I could become a meme. I could be whatever. Hopefully that that's in nobody's mind because, I mean, the, everybody that's done this, you know, Oscar included, have done incredible work even just seeing the growth from when we started this class to now everybody should be proud of what they've done absolutely they got a lot of work still to go you know as they want to continue this journey because i think most people that are still there want to continue at least training whether they ever fight another fight ever but just the fact that they you could see that they've found a path that they want to explore to help yeah exactly so it's 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 great i mean like nobody has really anything that they need that they should be embarrassed about if it happens but this is a tough sport, you know, yeah, yeah. and somebody more than likely is either going to get submitted or is just going to get, you know, completely dominated and maybe tap out from exhaustion or maybe it's going to get knocked the fuck out. It's hard, <laughs> man. You know, I, I commentated a couple of these, um, you know, when it was still called the Wimp to Warrior Wimp program Warrior, and they yeah. fought on Tough Enough and Richard Hunter was one of them. And, yeah. you know, I consider Richard a friend. Oh, yeah, you know? of course. And, and uh, you know, he fought a guy that was – you know, like 15 years as junior wow. and, 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 and took the challenge, was willing to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Knew what he was up against, knew like that's a tough assignment yep. and, uh, and got knocked out, man. And it was like kind of hard to sit there and call it, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause it's, you're, you're trying to do the right thing and just say it, but it was, it was tough. It's been funny to hear him, which we had never really talked about it. You know, just kind of one of those things like, all right, well that happened. Let's move on. But he, he told the story one time of, you know, uh, him, him, I don't remember if we were doing junkie radio or what we were doing when he actually told the story, but I'd never heard it. And it was really funny because he, he talked about the fact that, you know, he got, he got wobbly and knocked out, but like, as he was there, he could hear my voice. <laughs> of course he yeah. And he's like, and he said, he came to and was like, am I in a UFC press conference right now? <laughs> like, as he's laying awesome. in the cage trying to figure out where he was. No, you're not, Richard. <laughs> what a great that's, story, man. That's awesome. Well, kudos to Oscar for going in and putting the work. We'll get him on the show again one of these days. Again one of soon, these days, I'm sure. He wanted to be on it, and it's just like, but I'm, I, I'm glad, to, I'm glad he stuck to his guns. He stuck to his guns and went yeah. and got his work done. Yeah, today's media day. We only had like 12 people there, but it just, it was just a weird day. We've had more. The longest media but yeah, day. Yeah, it was, ever. it was long. It was just kind of spaced out, and so he had to go keep that boxing appointment. So totally understand. I mean, I think he had like an actual like gym session book. Yeah, he's somebody. been paying for these things. It's not like he's just going and like, hey, can I just squeeze in here? I mean, he's paying for these sessions and that's why I'm, I'm giving extra props. I'm like, dude, all these gyms he's been going to, he's been dropping money to do it, you know. Wow. And, uh, Good for him, man. Yeah, it's, it's been impressive. Does he know who he's going to fight yet or pretty sure? We're pretty sure. We pr we're pretty sure there's like one or two dudes and one of them I think is kind of injured. I think he's going to probably have to back out, but we're pretty sure we know who it is. How are we feeling? I mean, does I give it, I give it to Oscar, but the, other, but the other guys, he's came a long way too. And what I noticed the other day, like when both of them go, you know, both of them have started to like pull th some things back. Uh, but I thought Oscar had the best, better of him when it comes down to knowing some submission stuff. And I think his striking is good too. But I mean, this kid uh, has some decent striking. The other day when Oscar wasn't around, he was gone. He was doing more stuff on the ground that I've never seen him do before. Oh, so he's holding like, back. He's sandbagging like, a little bit. Fucker's he's been practicing. That's what I thought because he was pulling out a fucking uh, what do you call it? A buggy choke. What? And some other shit. And I was like, dude. What is going on here? Because he was doing some shit that I remember, like, because we have this different chat group between a Oscar? lot of people. I did. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of times people will find these moves that, that kind of correlate to some of the training and we'll send them out. 
I and that was one of the moves. And then I started to see him practice, and I was like, dude, he's got the flexibility for it. He's got really long legs. I was like, any, but he did it good. And I saw him like get this kid, one of our other guys in the class, and I was just like, dude, he's fucking sandbagging. Like he hasn't, like I haven't seen him do that with Oscar, but Oscar maybe hasn't given him the chance, or when they get into it. uh Oscar hasn't given him a chance to present that sort of thing. Right. And maybe this other guy, as they're just training, is like, okay, yeah, work through it. Work through it and get into it. But I was just like, wait a second. And so that's why I've told Oscar, because Oscar a lot of time will throw kicks, and I could see where the kid got impressed. I was like, Oscar, stop throwing head kicks. Stop throwing, like, shit. I was like, you got to hold back some stuff. Like, don't just show it all, because more than likely, that's the kid you're going to be fighting. I was like, don't don't give him – how many times have we heard training – partners are like oh man i've seen the best i've seen what he's gonna do i'm not and then even if he hasn't seen everything you don't want that kid going and fully confident yeah. that he's well if he knows you know, your, if he knows your tendencies if he yeah. knows what you you know well I, I know every time he moves this way he does this exactly yeah so wow but no but yeah we're look pretty sure the, we're pretty sure who we think on play. See, the, the, that's it though and i mean that's the kind of stuff that you know i think as you watch enough of this and as we've been around the sport we know that that exists. Just at what point does it finally turn on? And I think this is the point. It's one thing, or it's early on. You guys could be training with your your buddies and everybody's buddy buddy till the fight gets signed. Then all of a sudden, camps start separating a little bit. Secrets start happening, and people start doing this. But then they don't start talking. They start hiding little things. And then the mental side of it is. So we're starting to see that now, you know. So it's a uh, it's good. But if I still had to, if I had to put my, my that's really interesting because it, it gives you a better understanding of like when the like when teammates have to fight each other. You're like, oh, well, you just, you just come in at a different time, and it's all good. My understanding of the sport, uh, granted, I'm just at a – I'm just touching the surface of, like, what it is. But I said the same thing earlier. Like, it's one thing to watch a move 10,000 times, and then the first time you try to do an Americana, you try to do a Camaro, and you're like, why isn't this working? Right. It's when you get those fine little details and when you actually start working through it, and then a coach come by and tell you it's that little detail. Oh, you know, well, all right, take your wrist and curl them forward, you know, pull it close to your body. All these little things, you're like, whoa. Yeah. And then you start seeing them tapping and all this thing. All these little things that my eyes have been uh, much more open to this thing. So you're right. Like, yeah. seeing some of these things we knew existed and we know, but then when you start to see it in play and you're like, holy shit, this is like the things like when we hear – teammates you know have to work and then you see the separation then you start seeing well do you guys do you guys object to which coach does which or you know are you, i'm sure you know and the, even things like that you know uh so it's unique man but uh still you know as the leading current leading staff picker of the mma junkie i would uh i would lean towards oscar right now I like but it. he's got a tough fight the kid the kid's got youth the kid's got length he's he's a bit taller uh than oscar and the kid fucking goes, man. He's working his ass off. This kid's getting, like, multiple classes. He's going to a bunch of other classes afterwards and stuff. He's doing the work. He's doing the work. He's taking uh, – I think he also knows that Oscar's going to be his competitor. Oscar came in there, and immediately a lot of people knew that they could tell that he had some jujitsu skills and other stuff. They immediately put a target on him as being the guy you have to watch out for. So I think when this kid goes and gets these extra classes and working – he has Oscar in mind, and he's using that as motivation to keep going and driving. This kid's tough. It's not going to be an easy fight. I would lean towards Oscar, but I'm obviously very biased in uh, one direction. It's the train all to preview show right here, bro. We're bringing Dude, it down. It's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be. Uh, I hope. It, I hope it does end up happening tough enough, and then I'll. I want it too because I, as mu as nervous as these guys are, I think that the memories that they're gonna get yeah. from it being at a tough, as opposed to. 
just being in in the gym, and maybe that's the th- that's a whole other side you're going to see how somebody deals with those nerves, that energy, yeah. that nervous energy. Can they turn it into energy to fuel them forward, or are they going to crumble under the pressure? You know. Yeah. So, dude, it's it's uh, it's pretty incredible, and uh, yeah. So all of a sudden, this became a train alta class, but uh, it's funny though. Preview, but dude, it's it's super exciting, and it's getting it's getting to uh, to the crunch. But um, no, I'm proud of Oscar, and I mean, if there's any if there's anything, you were there when Safe came back in the back. Safe side from yep. Fortis came back and was like, "Yo, your boy," you know, while he was in Dallas, you know, talked about Oscar. It was like, "Your boy did work," and he's like, "I'm proud of him." He's like, "He worked his butt off," and I mean, like. Safe doesn't pull punches. If Safe thinks you, you, you're half-assing or whatever, he's going to just straight up say it. And so when he said Oscar was doing the work, I was like, Pfft. he even said it to Rich too because Rich, I guess, now lives uh, down yeah, by Dallas. Yeah, he moved to Texas. He moved to Texas. And uh, Rich, he told Rich, he's like, yeah, man, some guys came down and got some work down there. And Rich was like, that's awesome. That's funny, so, man. So, yeah, man. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned, boy, you're talking about doing it tough enough. It reminded me, and it wasn't involved with the Winter Warrior program. I think this is, might predate the program. But it, the the memories just came flooding back to you, man. 2014, Spencer Lazara. Who you got? If you're an old school MMA fan, you'll remember Spencer Lazara as doing some some interviews and some media mm-hmm. and stuff like that out of SoCal. I think now he's doing like matchmaking for Tough Enough. Um, and, but he fought, and at the time, uh, we thought of him as just a journalist. You know, he was training, but he yeah. was like doing interviews and stuff like that. And man, like for like first round comes out and he's drained, dude. You know yeah. what I mean? He's absolutely like he's you know, it's it's two minutes, but it goes. I mean, it's full adrenaline, right? You know, yep. and he was drained. We're like, uh oh. Second round, he comes out and scores a knockout, dude. Like, That's I awesome. mean, uh, not like a devastating. And dude, the place went nuts, and it became like kind of a viral clip at the time. I mean, old school, old school fans might remember, but yeah, I mean, you know. As cool as it would be to get a knockout in the gym around just your boys or whatever, if for something like that, you know, a sweet submission or a knockout and, and, and get it in front of a crowd and get it in front of maybe some video and stuff, I mean, yep. that's 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 pretty cool stuff. I mean, when you look at down the – I mean, now that they're having some pro guys on the thing, but it's always been just amateurs. So somebody that's just coming in there expecting to watch an amateur fight, they're going to look at them, even though they're 0-0, zero and zero, just – the same as they're going to look at this guy that's maybe their third, yep. fourth, or fifth yeah. amateur fight. They're going to expect a certain thing, so they're going to be judging them. And if you go out there and put on a great performance, they're going to think, oh, yeah, man, that, that dude's fucking tough. I hope to see him somewhere someday, you know? Yeah. So that could be some of these kids in, in the in the class. There's one dude from our class that made the amateur team. Like on like really? the second week or something, he was like he was like grinding. He was good dude. He's, he's got a really good heart. Um fucking went out for it and, and tried and it wasn't that he was like the best and like wasn't the the baddest but he kept driving he kept trying Just he kept ethic. kept going and when it got done doing like a little section he would run back over and chris curtis i guess loved him was like dude i love this dude's energy so like i guess when they got towards the end and they're all sort of picking like guys they want to do it one of the dudes in our class did it so i mean like that's awesome and so is he still finishing the class no or? no he, he's he just but i think he had to stop he ended up uh, got a little hurt or whatever, but now he's just doing the amateur shit, wearing his real. black eyes with pride and shit. So it's cool. But same thing when he said, like he was like, he's like, guys, I'm not trying to blow uh, hot air up your ass. He's like, but some of the shit grinding with you guys is just as hard as some of the shit we're doing in this amateur class. He's like, just fucking do it. So it's cool, man. That's awesome, it's man. really cool. It's yeah, pretty cool. That's cool, man. All right. Well, I guess as much as I'm sure we could just continue and to talk train. And thanks for also. listening. <laughs> that's your episode. <laughs> I guess we got to talk a little USC 278 as well. That's the reason we're here, of course. Uh, the USC in Salt Lake City for the first time for a pay-per-view. Of course, they've been here before. If I remember right, 
Last time we were here was a fight night that was on like a Sunday night, which everybody was like, "Why did you do Sunday in Salt Lake City?" And it was remember. it was not a highly attended event. But this time, I think they're expecting a sellout. Uh, it's a big one. Uh, and of course, in the main event, Kamaru Usman puts his welterweight belt on the line in a rematch with Leon Edwards, who uh, worked his way back here over the course of seven years, hasn't lost since. Snake bit. It's all been well documented. All the stuff that he went through, and you know, listen. It's funny, as we're here on Fight Week, now obviously we've known this fight is happening for a while. We've known that Leon has wanted this rematch for a long time. We've mm-hmm. known that Leon wanted the title shot for a long time. And we, we knew this was coming, and this has been on the books for a long time. I will admit that I wasn't really all that fired up about the fight, if I'm just being 100% completely honest, um, until this week. Because then I really started thinking about the matchup itself. You know what I mean? Like, Leon is not the big salesman. You know what I mean? We just had media day today, and and God bless him. You know, he just he he doesn't talk any. And, and I'm not saying people need to talk trash, but it's it's not even like it's not even like just the most enthusiastic stuff. You know what I mean? It's right. just like, well, I'm here, and you know, put in the work, and think it's my time. And you know, I mean, look, he's he's good, but I'm good too. All right, you know, it's just yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, he's got an amazing story. I mean, the BT Sport, as they always do, man, they do incredible stuff. They they really, in terms of broadcast partners, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess maybe there's other countries that do really cool stuff as well, but I've never seen it. But their stuff I tend to see, and they do cool stuff. And, and you know, Leon Edwards has a, a pretty incredible backstory, and they've done a great job of telling that. Um, but, again, I don't think this is the most marketable fight ever. Like, is this going to be a massive pay-per-view sell? I don't think so. But as we're here this week and I start thinking about it, I am actually very, very intrigued by this fight, right? And it's twofold, I think. Number one, you do – I mean, Kamaru Usman is saying all the right things, right? But you do wonder a little bit, you know, is is he starting to get that, like, I'm indestructible kind of feel around him? Like, hey, man, if I show up, I win because I'm Kamaru Usman and, and you know, I'm the Nigerian nightmare and look at who all I've beat. Like, right. And, and, including this guy. Including this guy. Like, I've already beat this guy once. I, you know, I, I starched Torre Masvidal. I, you know, I beat Gilbert. Like, you know, does he start – buying into the hype a little bit. I don't know. All right. And then you think about, too, like, it's interesting because, you know, you think about how their skills have progressed in seven years. And, you know, I'm not saying that that, that Leon Edwards is anywhere near Kamaru Usman's level of wrestling. But in terms of just defensive wrestling and being able to stay upright or able to get back to his feet, I think he's a lot better than he was seven years ago, yep. right? And, you know, I wonder, too, and we've seen it happen over the years. You get guys that get a big knockout, and then all of a sudden, they're a striker. And, you know, does Kamaro come in here and say, hey, man, you know, I know I can wrestle this guy, but let me show the world I got these hands, too. And I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna go toe-to-toe with this striker, and I'm going to show him what's up because, you know, I'm working with Trevor Whitman. I can tell you where my game has come and, you know, where we've progressed. And I don't know, man, like – there's no way, you know, you you know, there's no way I would just straight out say, you know, I'm putting down my rent money this month on Leon Edwards. I feel so good that I'm putting down my 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 rent money. No. But am I thinking that like, hey, maybe there's an opportunity like yeah, yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm more intrigued by this fight now. Am I, am I crazy for thinking maybe this is a better fight than I thought it was when it was first announced? I think it is. I mean, you know, but a lot, like you said, seven years, a lot has changed. I mean, Kamara was six and one 
or maybe it was six and one after. No, he's six and one after that. So he came in with God. six fights. He's twenty and one oh. now. He's had so he's had fourteen fights since then. Leon's had nine fights since then. Uh, let, me, let me double check that, but roughly nine fights. Yeah. So when you think about the growth, neither one of them lost. Neither one of them lost, but like so much growth. I mean, that's literally he's had. Kamaro's had three times as many fights as he had going into that's that fight, crazy. or is that four times? You know, somebody do the math. But I mean, that's absolutely to say that he is anywhere the same human being would be idiotic. The yep. same thing for for Leon. I mean, boy, I just feel bad because I feel like imagine how many fights Leon would have had if he was actually getting matched up with people. Nobody wanted to fight. This is the guy that nobody wanted to match. And that was for a reason. Right. You know, we've seen many, many fighters that have great skills in one area get pulled out of their realm because, they, like you said, they think that they're strikers. They want to do this other stuff. You know, we've talked about before, like, Cerrone, how Cerrone should have beaten Diaz but got pulled out of his head right. and got pieced up. If that happens in this, there is quite that possibility. But I just think Kamaru, his head's, in a, his head's on a whole different level right now. I just don't see him getting out of his head and doing something that's going to be silly. I mean, it'd be one thing maybe if he was more like The Rock, which he aspires to be, uh, yeah, and be distracted by Hollywood, you know. Uh, I wanted, When he's like, I don't know how I get like The Rock. I want to do it. I want to say, like, well, first got to do that, that fairy movie, where the, uh, with the Tooth Fairy movie <laughs> that The Rock did. Then you got to do some Jumanji's. Um, I mean, it's... It's going to be two incredibly different fighters that I think I think it's going to play out so different. So I have to take about how each guy is is right now, and I think Kamaru right now, just his mindset, the way that he's fighting, um, I think he's smart enough to not make this just a pure striking fight. And I just feel with his grappling and his overall strength and just the way to sort of control uh, fighters, get him up against the cage. Mm -hmm. You can't strike if you're up against the cage. Yep. And that's why I think he's just going to make it dirty. Does that mean he's going to get him down, get him up against the cage and just immediately work him down the ground? Quite possibly. But even if he just gets him over against the cage and starts tiring him out, tiring out his legs, tiring out his arms while, you know, if Leon's there the whole time trying to get underhooks, trying to pull him off, do his other stuff, and then next thing you know, he doesn't have that same arm strength to do the damage that is what he's mainly yep. known for. Um, but in terms of boxing and in terms of just striking finesse, of course, Leon's just going to look absolutely incredible. You know, if, if Camaro gets out there and throw those big haymakers thinking that I'm going to get one and done and get it done. And Leon dodges everyone. He's going to get real tired, yeah, really quick, man. throwing those, all that power. And then that becomes, you know, maybe then we start seeing the champ start to waver a little bit. You know, if he starts feeling that he's getting tired, if Leon doesn't let him make connection, and if he's trying to punch Leon and he can't contact him, he's going to get frustrated. Yep. And who knows where his head goes. And But I just think that right now, I mean, I just – tomorrow's so good. It, it I can't, comes down to I can't right? go It comes down them. to discipline, right? I mean, right. It comes down to mental discipline. Because I, mean, right. I agree, the skill set, I think Kamaru has what it takes to win this fight. I right. mean, I do, you know, I do think, you know, I mean, Leon – Seven years he's been thinking about this, yeah. thinking about this guy and the title opportunity, and they come together at the same yeah. point. Like you got to think he's gonna be in there, but even still, I think Kamaro's skill set is good enough, unless he thinks I can take yeah. this dude out on the feet. And but like you said, like he's been thinking in this fight, this title shot for seven years. How much pressure do you put on yourself? How much do you try to go out there and end this? Like he's got to stay in his head mm -hmm. and don't get brought out, you know, by the emotion of the event actually being here. 
I loved everything that he said. You know, when he was breaking down the people that Camaro beat, it just made it sound silly. Like, he's like, I don't know what Gilbert was doing out there, you know. And, and he's like, oh, and this other guy and this other guy. And I was just like, wow, he's not giving any credit mm. to Camaro's hands at all. You know, like he feels in his eyes, he still sees Camaro as very one-dimensional. And if he's seen him as very one-dimensional, I think that could be a mistake that he that he's going to learn to uh, – Regret, because yep. if he doesn't respect Camaro's power, it only takes one shot to just dizzy him for a moment, and then if Camaro gets him down, I mean that's all he's going to do. I mean even if he just hurts him, he doesn't. I mean he might try to finish him on the feet, but more than likely, knowing Camaro, he's going to use that to get him down to the ground and then ground a pound, tire him out, tire him out, tire him out. out. He's got five rounds to do it, so if he can just keep rinsing and repeat, eventually. A tired Leon is more susceptible to the knockout. You think even though we're here in the new market, or not the new market, but the first pay-per-view, the first big fight they get, we're going to hear some booze. We're going to hear some booze with with because Usman's going to be kind of if it's just up against the cage and they're just grinding, grinding and like where he's trying to get him down, he's trying to get him down, and there's not a lot of action. And then I quite think, possibly, I think that comes down to mental discipline too, right? Yeah. Like, does he care? Doesn't right. care. And and part of that maybe if the if the if all the fights up to that are just gangbusters, knockouts, boom, 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 everybody's gonna want the same. Right. If the night's been sort of so so action, I think they maybe they'll have a little bit le- more leeway because they understand that, you know, not every fight's gonna be a, a knockout or a finish. But if they've been treated the whole night with spectacular finishes, the moment it gets against the cage and nothing's happening for like 30 seconds, they're going to start losing their fucking <laughs> minds, you know. But who knows? I mean, maybe this market's smarter. Maybe they understand, you know. I mean, I know they've been wanting to come back here. Maybe just like when, you know, the, the a fight goes over to Japan, Japan, the Tokyo fans aren't complaining when right. there's good grappling and there's good defense going on. Maybe the market here will surprise us, you know. You, you never know. Um so- I, I'm hopeful that the people watching this sport are, all, are always educating themselves and understanding that not everything is going to be a crazy knockout. But, man, the immediate payoff that we've been getting recently with, oh, with the, the Contender Series and some of these UFC, these other fights, they – the almost you almost expect it, yep. you know, and when it's not there, you're like, oh, was that really what we you know thought we were going to get? You know, people are paying hard-earned money to uh, to go watch an event, so they want action, they want fireworks, you know. So maybe we'll hear some booze. All right, so each of us uh, leading the staff picks in our respective work outlets. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. number two over here? Uh, I don't who's even. Number? I don't look below. You don't. Bro. Even, yeah, yeah. I mean, why do I when you're that my, far up, you, know you, you don't see the people way down below. Lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of sheep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not looking down there. Uh, <laughs> what what uh, did you did you go with Usman in your? Pick? I, did, I went with Usman. Yeah, I went with the. Usman I think I well. just it just it's a safe pick. And I mean, and now nowadays it's like, it's almost you know there's got to be a real real big reason why you're gonna make me not pick the current champ. Yeah. There's like a champ champ bonus, you know, like they they have a built in power up, you know, because they know what it took to get there. They just don't want to u- lose it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if somebody, you know, we've seen and we've heard from fighters say, maybe I lost that hunger once I was at the top, but you're not going to see that from either one of these guys, you know. And, and most of the champs, the current champs, aren't at that point, you right. know. Um, even though a lot of people say, well, Kamaro, he's just been, you know, holding it for so long. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's looking at boxing. He wants to go elsewhere. Kamaro's not the type that he's going to take this easy, and especially in a fight like this, because everybody's going to be coming back, and I guarantee everybody's like, oh, man, this is this is the dude. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that everybody's been ducking that you haven't wanted to fight, you know? So I think he's going to he's gonna do the work, and uh, I think it's going to be good. And uh, as the guy that currently has a six 
lead. I have a six-pick lead over Ooh. number two. Now I'm almost just trying to pad my picks. I'm like, who's the most likely that everybody's going to pick? You know, But I'm not ready to start playing like – Safe. Oh, as soon as you start yeah. gaming the system, that's when I. Fuck that's up. when you pay for that's it. That's when I fuck up. Yeah, that's when you pay for it. You got to just pick your picks, man. Yeah. You so, pick but you know, picks. I'm 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 straight up Usman. As much as I think Leon, ha he has a chance. I'm definitely not counting him out and saying that he doesn't have any chance. I'm just giving I'm giving the champ champ the champ bonus. I you know, it. he's somebody's gonna have to do something, and when he loses, then maybe I'll be like, oh, tomorrow, it's been, the magic is done. He could be he, he could, could be, be one of those ones that loses once and walks away. I, I, he'd probably want a rematch first, but you know he's kind of admitted he wants to do other things. I should have asked him if he had a speaking line in the in the movie, or if he's just like an extra. The, the, yeah, an extra. <laughs> when he's talking like, oh, they might cut my scene. I'm like, that's, that's me right there in the background, dog. You see that <laughs> right guy, over there? The guy that was running. Man in the number two. <laughs> man number two. Security security <laughs> guard. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give you the red security shirt? Oh, yeah, your, your shit's getting cut. Uh, that's You're getting cut. Funny. That's too funny. All right, that's the main event. Co-main event, of course, an intriguing one as well. Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold. Um, it, so funny. You know, I was talking to, to USC President Dana White earlier about this, and I, I was saying nice like to him. There, yeah, you know, right? you know how to <laughs> let me pick this I mean, up. Oh, you were just talking to your friend? Oh, yeah, I was just talking to D-Dub. Sorry you about know. that. I picked this up over here. Just drop that name over there. Yeah. <laughs> But I was saying to him, you know, like, is this a fight where you just – because to me, I don't know that I can ever recall a fight where there's more question marks around both guys, where I just, yep. like, don't know what to expect out of yep. either one of them, man. You know what I mean? And, yep. and uh, from, you know, we haven't seen Luke perform at all in three years. We haven't seen so Paula Costa win a fight in three years, you know, and, and you have the whole weight cut fiasco and all that. I'm good now. I'm good. I'm yeah. like, bro, you look the same as the last time you missed weight. <laughs> you look way too healthy. Uh, you know, he was like, do you want to bet me that I won't that I won't make weight? I was kind of like, I started to be like, what kind of odds you give me? Yeah. Like, what kind of <laughs> what are we betting? Just a gentleman's shake? Um, I mean, what are we talking about? But listen, Bottle uh, of wine? He was, Paulo was in good spirits today, and he was uh, continues to improve his English. Did, did the, yeah. Um, was, 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 was laughing and having fun, you know, was joking about his Twitter account and some of the things he said and, and promised. 100% a, me. A very, yeah. It's 100% me. And then it's just cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, and, and, and had a good time. So he looks good. Meanwhile, Luke had some intensity about him, man, and some um, some some anger, a little chip on yep. his shoulder, I think. Chip so, on his shoulders. That's a good way of describing it. So I wanted to share some of that audio. I'll just share um, the portion that was that was me talking to him because even that ran kind of long. And, and um, you know, I, I, you know, Luke is always gives very complete answers, but today it was even more so. Um, so I just wanted to get, give you a little. You know, shot of that, and uh, and hear a little bit of Luke Rocco because again, it's it's so much question marks, so many wondering what's going on. I mean, this this has potential to be a very violent, very uh, crazy fight, but I guess it kind of depends on you know what guys show up. So uh, here was the uh, conversation for just a few hours earlier with Luke Rocco. Luke, man, welcome back. It's uh, been you know three years, I guess, at this point. First fight week. I know it's still kind of early in the week, but what are the uh, the emotions like right now, and how's it feel to to finally be back? Good. Gets better and better by the day. You know, definitely. I was, uh, was, I was nervous. Three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. Excuse me. Yeah. But no. I, <laughs> whoops. Been a while. Been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I feel like you can all hear me up here anyway. You know, but um. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm fighting a beast, no doubt. And I wanted that. I want a guy that scares me and gets me up in the morning, and that that fuels me to fucking push myself to the end of, of who I am. 
and uh, and that's what defines a, a real man. You know, is is the finding the biggest test, the biggest challenge, and going out there and fucking putting themselves up to it. I'm a fucking. You're gonna succeed or die trying. Well, otherwise, you know, no matter what, you're learning in the process. You know, and uh, you know, there were some moments in this training camp where it was, it was long, man. He did delayed this fight. It was supposed to be international fight week, and then something come up. He bitched and complained, and and uh, it went to Dallas, and then. I don't know, rumors of cosmetic bullshit. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, hey, we're in August. And uh, the UFC confirmed that this will be the last change. And, you know, I like this opponent a lot. It put me right back into, you know, the heat of it. You know me, I'm, I'm always going straight for the jugular. I've never been scared to do it, and I don't want to dance around. I'm not trying to, not trying to do anything, stay here longer than I have to. I want to go out there, and I want to try to fucking do this thing right. So um, I got through those hard points. In the training camps, the, the the parts that were like injuries and things, and was it right? Is it wrong? Where am I at? What's this? But I feel fucking good right now. I feel stronger and stronger by the day, and it feels right. You know, I'm not I'm not questioning myself. You know, I'm gonna go out there no matter what. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be the best I can be. You know, and uh, like I said before, the less I question myself, the more I can see this man questioning himself. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you talk about what a dangerous guy he is, and he certainly has been at times, but he's been inconsistent as of late as well. It feels like there's a lot of question marks around him. Adversity makes a man. He has not been able to deal with adversity. It's only getting worse. You know, we'll see who the man shows up. You know, this is the real test. You know, the first loss is one thing, and he used weight as a as a weakness, as what he did. He let, he missed weight. He you know, he tried to pull the 10 pounds up, then he couldn't then he'd use that. As a weak, that is an advantage he's trying to see because he's a fucking weak-minded motherfucker. You know, but now the real test is here. You know, this is, the, this is like, you know, one loss, two losses. This is, everything's on the line now. Now it's the fucking real man shows up. Uh, I've dealt with adversity in the past. You know, I've, I lost my second fight. Everyone was already... Before I even fought, they were, like, ready to put me in versus Matt Hughes. I remember, like, they are like, you can fucking win right now. Like, uh, like, and I go out and lose, and everyone's like, oh, he's nothing. Da, da, da. I'm like, fuck all you. I'm still the man. I stormed through everybody, and I won Strike Force World Championship over, and I defended that motherfucker twice. I come to the UFC, disrespected, right off the bat. You know, the Daniel and fucking Gilbert, they all got credit. I didn't get shit. Go fight Vitor on steroids in fucking Brazil. Kick clip, get fucking spinning heel kicked in the face. Oh, he ain't shit. He ain't fucking nothing. Now he's really not nothing. You know, fucking bullshit. I go fight Paulo, Co I mean, Costa Filippo, a fucking dangerous striker. I should fucking get mopped in that. that then I'm going to take him down. I need to do this, do that. What did I do? I knocked that motherfucker out. The same fucking fighter. The same guys working off intimidation and power and what they do. I've dealt with adversity. He hasn't. You know, the way you speak right now, obviously, there's, I mean, it's fight week. You, there's an edge about you. But I just wonder, I guess, kind of what your relationship is with the sport right now. Like, you're here. But are you enjoying the process at all? I mean, is this something that you're like, I'm happy I made this choice? Or is it just like, this is yeah. something I have to do? No, it's something I want to do. I I've, I've took a long time away to understand what I want and to go do this thing on my own accord. And, uh, you know, I chased it and forced it. And, and I did this shit out of hate for a while, especially after losing the title. I lost my focus after I won the title. 
the undisputed title. Uh, I went out it for the wrong reasons for money and different things and trying to you're trying to fucking navigate business and different things and you're going out there trying to overprove yourself and force the situation. You can see it in my fight. You watch the first Bisbing fight, I was a predator. I was a killer. And I went in the second fight just fucking like an idiot running forward. After I lost the title, you know, and then you get belittled by the beast. The leverage game. All business, anywhere you go. It's not just the UFC. I mean, it, it's a bigger, stronger mafia here, for sure. And they belittle you, and they try to gain advantage and try to belittle your worth. And and it turns into hate. And you start fighting out of hate to prove yourself to do this, to do that, and do it all for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I did that for a while. And injuries corrupt you, too, of course. And they make you force the issue, and they compromise you, and they make you do different things. Um so, uh, yeah, and I ran to Florida trying to figure it out, trying to force what's wrong, what's this, that's that. And you try to go, and you go in uncomfortable positions that's not you. You know, and I was like, fuck, I just, I was, I lost my fucking love for the sport. And I got out of, <clears throat> you know, going into 205 too, all these things, you know, fighting Yoel and him missing weight and fucking, you know, Yoel cheating, son of a bitch, and everything else he's doing too. Um, <clears throat> the time away just gave me an understanding of, of, Learning about my body, really. Learning what what is health, you know, and, and, and correcting everything. And, and you know, I <clears throat> that time I chose to go away and to do to live my life because you get caught up in the beast that is the UFC and you're always preparing for a fight or you're recovering from a fight. There's a fight on the horizon. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't go with your friends, your family. You can't do all this shit in life. And uh, I was like, fuck, I want to go fucking live some life. And, and you don't even mature. You don't grow. Because you're always, you're doing all this shit. And then you're like, oh, you got to go media, go to sponsorships, engagements. And you just fucking, you're caught up in a whirlwind of fucking just craziness. It's fucked up. So it was a chance for me to grow, mature, learn what I wanted to do next, give to the people. And then so many injuries and things that mounted, um, shoulders. And uh, so having to really navigate that, the, the essence of health and, and uh, you know, what what it is. And, and, um, and then obviously going and falling into COVID and going, wanting to go out and live my life and then getting fucking shot down by COVID. So it's like, it's kind of fucked up. So I ended up drinking way too much, partying way too much and doing the things like I think most of us did. I went off the fucking deep end and, and I'm fucking living life and doing things. And then, uh, you know, a lot of bad things happened in my life and, uh, and broke me down. And then I just kind of hit the wall and, and I was like, I started to like kind of train on the week. I started to train a bit and try to build it back, but I was still partying on the weekends and doing things. And you can't really build my body back to a place where I was like, okay, I could fight. And then uh, something really, you know, the abortion and all this, the bad shit happened, all the lies. And uh, it was fucking hard. Because when you think about having a kid, when you're ready to have it and you're like, you feel like it was, it was not like, it was a mistake. You know, it wasn't like. A, like it was meant to be, but like once it happened, it was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this and this, that. And you start, and it just starts breeding lies. And, and then, you know, the lifestyle just, it was not, can't, can't bring people into the, in, into lies. And, uh, and it just week to week, it just got worse and worse. And so, um, we had to pull the plug and, and I believe we made the right decision. And, uh, and I was just like, fuck this all it needs to fucking stop. You know, I wanted to, ha I want to have a family one day, but I want to do it right. You know when it's healthy and when it's right, and I got to be a good position in my life. And uh, my life was just going fucking down the wrong way, and I needed to get back in the gym and I needed to get my health and do my thing. And so 
that started with with sobriety, so seven months now, about going strong and and just really investing in health. You know, I I partnered with a uh, a biohacking team to get all my nutrition right with Fount, getting just optimum levels of, of athleticism. And when the when you get your body right, when the vessels right, the head gets right. And uh, I'm putting all those pieces into play, and my life started to come back together. Everything started to to really pull back, and all these different avenues of success and 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 growth and, and places and uh it came to came to me and then you know being in there and feeling the energy with perillo and cheeto there's no one more real than perillo fucking guy took my world title <laughs> it's a small fucking world i mean who better to work with than the guy that knows my weaknesses right so fuck um and uh drawing inspiration from cheeto too you know fucking guy's a little gangster i love his energy and you got to learn from the young bucks sometimes there's always little things like you know, just running, running, the foundation, the balance, the fucking density in your legs. When you're fucking strong down low, it's like it just builds the foundation of what's upstairs and the mind. And, the, you know, it's all on you. You can stop at any time on the road and quit, but or you can keep fucking going. And, uh, you know, a lot of those things I pulled from that little motherfucker and uh, it strengthened me and put me back here. And uh, my life is, you know, learning, learning what is health, you know. Almost like, what is it? What is health, right? Health is wealth. Health is the ultimate luxury in life. If we all had our health, you know, we have nothing. So, um, correcting, we're building tendencies and problems every day. You know, our circulation's going down. We're all fucking dying at a certain rate. If you're not pricking, you're poking, you're moving, you're trying to fight that, you're going to fall that much faster. So, it's learning the corrective patterns of life and increasing circulation and decreasing inflammation and fucking getting all the toxicity out of your body. Um, all these things that which led to me to believe that I could fucking fight at the best. And so once I felt that, it was like, you know, let's go test myself against the best. Let's go to AK, let's go to fucking Florida. Let's go around here and let's fucking feel it out. Guess what? I still fucking got it. Nice, last thing for me, Luke. I mean, the big moment, as you said, you got a dangerous guy, you're back. You want to win this fight, you want to fight for a title. But I'm just curious, this phase of your career, do you view this as like a long-term return to the sport? Like, you, you know, you're fully back and you love it and you're in it. Or is this just like come in, get gold, get out, you know, prove the point? It's a one-two punch. One-two punch. That's it. I mean, this is it, man. I want to come. My last fight at middleweight was against Yoel Romero for the world title. And he missed weight by three pounds to gain an advantage, and God knows what else he was fucking doing. I'm here. I'm fighting one of the baddest motherfuckers. I get through him. What's next? If they don't give it to me, see ya. I don't need shit. That's why I can be the man I am today in front of you and say it like it is. And I see all you guys around here right now, and I see this motherfucker right here. You got to do your fucking homework. You fucking, you know, this degenerate culture of fucking barstool sports and full sin is that you got to do your homework. You can't approach Cheeto and give him a fucking Mexican mask about his culture. His culture, he's fucking Ecuadorian, motherfucker. Do your homework. It, it wasn't to do with his background. I was literally just in San Diego, bro. I'm no, but you gave him a Mexican mask and you said, this is your culture. Like you're no, wrestling. You said something along no, those lines. I and said it, it, was it, was a disrespect. it was a disrespect to him. And where he's from. So just, just, 
It's about being a reporter. It's about doing your homework and really understanding what you. I know you guys got carte blanche because Dana's fucking partner with you guys right now, but fucking do your fucking homework and grow a better culture. So Jason, stop, stop, stop giving bad culture to kids. Jason House is his manager, who's a friend of mine. Yeah. I had texted Jason before I did the interview. I said, "Hey, Jason, I went out. I picked up this thing from the market. Nothing to do with Cheetos culture. It was just something." Interesting. You related it to him being a Mexican. No, I didn't. When did I? Call that's him? how he took it. I mean, that's that's Mexican culture. But when did I call him Mexican? In the interview? Anyways, I worked it out with Jason. I know. I know. I'm just saying, just do your homework before you get there, and it's just it's just creating better culture, man. That's what it comes down to. I get you, bro. But like I said, it was no. I understand. I understand. But I'm just saying. I got. Just for future reference. Have Have you watched any of our other interviews? No. No, I don't. All right, man. Appreciate you. Luke, over the pot. And I don't you either. It's all good. All right. So, I mean, intense stuff there from Luke Rockhold. And if you, if you want to hear more of that, I mean, obviously, you know, go to your, uh, you know, your favorite media outlet of your choosing uh, because everybody was there today because it went on. He went on to go ahead to continue, you know, talking about, uh, you know, insurance for fighters and, you know, how the sport needs to change and what needs to be improved and, um, you know, just saying, you know, look, I, I, I don't need this sport. And so because of that, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say exactly what I want to say and these are the things that are messed up and need to change. So, um, you know. I, I wish he'd sort of, sort of clarify it because – when a fighter gets hurt in a fight, they get covered. Right. That's all covered. I think what a lot of these fighters is year-round. I think even the UFC has, has helped when they've been training in a fight camp. Yes. I've heard stories like yes. that. But when you're not in fight camp, when you're not training, and when you're not immediately after a fight where you maybe have some injuries, what's happening at that point? Right. That's the point where a lot of these fighters are like, why do we not have something right now? They either have to go out just like any other independent contractor. They have to either get something from what used to be the old marketplace. I'm not sure what it's called now. Right. Um, that's the stuff that they want. They want year-round health care, whether you're in a fight camp or whether you're, you're training for a fight or not. Yep. And that's the stuff they don't. And we've seen multiple. Tony Ferguson harped on the exact same thing. That The other thing that I've heard a couple times as well is the treatment options. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you may be like, this is the better option for me. Yeah. But they're like, the, the insurance that they have is like, no, 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 you need to do this. And That's it's like, true. No, yeah. no, no, that that will impact me long term. I want to go this right. route instead. And so, um, but listen, I mean, it's good that, that he's standing up and talking about yeah. it. You know, I mean, it's, it's not going to curry him any favors uh, with, with the boss, yeah. especially as he's trying to uh, get a title shot, yeah. which uh, when I was speaking with Dana, you know, he basically said like, you know, when I said, hey, if Rockhold wins, I mean, is he in that talk? And he was like, he basically shut it down and was like, man, you want to sit around and wait for a title shot? Like, good luck with that. And you always know yeah. when, when, when Dana throws out the good luck with that, you know yeah. exactly what he means there. So, um, so I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting, right? Because on the one hand, and again, uh, you know, known Luke for a long time. So, like, I, could, I, respect, I respect what he's saying and doing. Um, but again, as far as the question marks, a lot of what he was saying sounded good. Like his heart's back in it. You know, he got himself healthy. Like he really, uh, you know, hearing that he's sober. Uh, I will say that when he said, uh, at one point, uh, that, uh, everything is medicine until it becomes a poison yeah. and then look straight at me. I felt like he was yeah. trying to, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, then, but that's like a whole other thing to too. When he's like saying sober, if you're still taking psychedelics and say marijuana, you're not sober. 
You're just choosing. You're just not <laughs> you're drinking sober alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> sober from alcohol. I did think that was funny. Like, well, I was like, you know, you're, you're still using. Good, like you're still using. You know, I mean, I think if you're gonna say that you're sober or that you're being clean or whatever, I mean, like you have to be completely off yeah. of narcotics. You know, like yeah. anything that's altering. I mean, like, but like you said, in his mind, it's medicine. It's it's altering. It's writing different neural paths. And I agree with all that shit. Like it's true. Like I've, I, I mean, I've had my time with acid and and sure. shrooms on it. Yeah, I love it. So I mean, um, well, I don't. Well, I loved it then. I don't. I wouldn't fuck with it now. Oh, I got yeah, way I too much now, baggage yeah. now. Oh, yeah, I, now. I, I almost wanted to ask him, but I was like, I don't want to take this down. Like what we're just talking about drugs, but like it's definitely one thing when you're younger and you don't have as much baggage on you because when you are older, you have to be able to be strong in yourself, right. your self awareness. Because if you have a lot of baggage and you have a lot of shit that you're like, I just don't know what I'm gonna do. Yes, you maybe will take these hallucinogenics and figure out a way to deal with the stress and the things that you're going doing. And I think a lot of people that does work with proper, with either the right people guiding you or people that are along the same lines and, and helping show the way or people that aren't dealing well with stress can really mess themselves up further because these neural pathways and stuff that they're creating could go down the wrong way if they don't understand and not treating it right. And that's right. why I say, well, that's why I jokingly say, you know, it's a young man's game where you have less baggage because you have less less potential hazards that you know could could alter what you're trying to establish in your head but i mean it, i love the fact that he was so blatantly open about yeah, using that sort of stuff so even about the you know the healthcare and other stuff i mean like all the stuff he said um is very it's great shit it just it just came with like this side of like this chip on a shoulder yeah. that was hard to like well that's what i'm trying to figure out because like <laughs> on part of it it's like man it seems like this guy's in a good place and on part of it you're like it seems like he hates everything like right now you yeah know like I mean? he's very upset about something yeah. like, you could definitely tell he felt like he wanted to get something off his chest so if there was anything that was great about that that was a platform and i felt like at the very end of it you saw this <sighs> yeah. And he even smiled a little bit. So I was like, fuck, he's been carrying that around for a minute where he wanted to get that off his chest. So I felt good that he had a, a a place to do that. So, you know, for all those that maybe might, might just be like, oh, man, he was just ranting. He was just grumpy. It was whatever. I guess so. But at the very end, it got what he needed to do. Because at the very end, he looked like a man that took a whole bunch of shit off his chest. Yep. And he was breathing better, and he's probably going to go for the rest of the fight week feeling a hell of a lot better because he got that out of his system. And listen, when Luke Rockhold has his body right and his mind right, he's dangerous, dog. And when I look Fucking down here, champ. he was a champ. I see when I see him floating up around plus two eighty. Is he really? Whoa, yeah. That's cr- it has to be just because of the time away. hundred percent. Time away. I mean, and, and I know he, he had some and he injuries. he looked rough before he took the time off. But yeah. if, he's, if he's truly back 100%, like you say, I took all this time. I healed up. I got yeah. my body right. I got my mind right. You know, I even, you know, obviously, you know, as we heard, you know, I asked him, is this, you know, you're doing this because you have to or because you want to be here? And he's like, I don't have to he do this. He wants to be I, here. Yeah, I want to be here. So, dude, I, but again, wanting to be here and taking a full-on Paulo Costa, you know, shot to the head. I mean, Paulo's dangerous, but again. Question mark. I, yeah. All I'm saying is, to me, there's so much question marks here that if I'm seeing, I can get Luke Rockhold, as you said, a former champ, at like plus 280. Yeah. Like that's awfully tempting. I think it's really tempting. I mean, because we've seen even with like Izzy, there's something about Izzy that just shuts people down. They don't show what they can do. Like, mm-hmm. I remember going in that fight thinking like, oh, Costa's just gonna swing for the fence. He's gonna knock him out, and he just got gun shy. You know, if there's ever maybe another guy that can, if he can channel the right energy and the right moves and maybe the right strikes to throw him off, it's going to be Rockhold. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, 
Dude's got great length. He's got good size on him. Um, if he can get it to the point where Paul is like very respectable of his striking and gets gun shy, then Luke's got a great chance to really take take this away. I mean, I think I did lean in my picks. I think I did pick Costa. I think that's a, but look, that's not. I'm I'm but, not like man. I'm like just like what you alluded to. I'm not going to put my rent payment on it. Yep. You know, I don't feel safe enough to to do that, but I'm confident enough with nothing on the line to say, yeah, I pick Costa. Exactly, <laughs> I agree, hundred uh, percent. I think you, I think you're spot on with that. So I'm intrigued by that one. I'm intrigued as well by uh, Jose Aldo and Marab Davalos Philly. Um, yes. Look, I'm a big, big Marab fan, man. I have been a big Marab fan for a long time. A, I like these insane wrestlers with unstoppable cardio like yeah. it, that to me is just such a weapon like you know it's what Habib made a career out of right and, and you see that with Marab you know from the early going like how do you stop a dude that has insane grappling um and 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 a, and a gas tank that will not stop because that is hard I mean it's it's really hard to deal with and so I've always been a big fan of Marab and then once you get to know Marab he's just like the nicest human being yeah. on the planet you know what I mean he's always got big energy and it, it, it's fun then at the same time, Jose Aldo is a damn legend, dude. <laughs> you know Aldo. what I mean? Just uh, from the WEC, you know, yeah. from you know, 14 years ago, we've been covering his career, you know. And uh, um, man, it was kind of nice today. He actually was talking. Somebody asked him what had changed in the sport, and he actually, he's like, you know, the sport's totally different. You had guys like him that believed in it from the beginning. I yeah. was like, oh, that was nice. Thank you, Jose. I appreciate that. But <laughs> uh, but he's a legend. And to think, you know, we, we've been covering his career for 14 years from a from a 21-year-old kid, you know, coming into the WEC and just all that stuff. And, and now, I mean, a true legend. Sport. And a true legend that literally has the respect, uh, you know, other than maybe Conor McGregor, I guess, of like everybody on everybody. the roster. You know what I mean? But I guarantee like Conor, deep down, has, still has respect for him. I'm sure he wants to talk shit like, I still got you in like, right, right, right. Four seconds. But you have to, you have but to review what he's done. Him. So, you got to. I, so I love this fight. I'm intrigued by it. Little surprised to see this too. And and to be honest, I think it was kind of the way I was leaning. Marab, a slight favorite. It's it's damn near a pick'em, but Marab, a slight favorite. Um, and I, I think I understand that. You know, we have seen Jose Aldo take a couple setbacks. He is later on in his career. But, you know, he does have impeccable takedown defense, man. Yeah. I mean, he really does. And, of course, his striking is phenomenal. So, like, it's weird, man. I, I This one, to me, is going to be a hard one for me to watch because I want both guys to win, yeah. you know. And, and, and as far as, like, actually picking a winner, I definitely do see paths for both guys. So I understand why the line is so tight. I'm a little surprised to see Marab as the favorite. I thought maybe yeah. the, just the Aldo name value would carry him. Right. Um, and the last three fights that he won. I mean, fights. the last three are fucking killers, man. Munoz, Font, and Vera. Like, seriously? I'm telling you, man. It's ridiculous. I'm telling you. So uh, I'm intrigued by this one. I, I think um, – and, and, and look – Gun to your head. Who are you picking? Uh, Aldo. Aldo. That's who I picked. Aldo. That's who I picked. It's tough. I went I went back and forth, and I was going to go Marab, but I was like, dude, Aldo's just – the last fight, I think I picked Rob Font, and Aldo was like – I was like, wow, he was very dominant. I was just like, okay, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. He's uh, he's just on, he's on another level, and he believes he's, he's making another run right now, and it's like, wow, if Aldo believes that, and he's – <laughs> he's 35. He's still he's still right in the I middle. Know. He's still right in the he middle. He can keep going for a while. He can still go for another five years he, easy. He thinks he deserves a title shot with a win here. Um, look, 135 is tough to figure out right yeah. now. But I do think and, – and I asked Dana about this as well, and, and he said 
you know, he didn't answer directly. Basically what I said is, I mean, given all those history, given who he is, you know, he wins, does he have the inside track? And Dana's like, you know, the great thing is I get to sit back and watch it all and I get to make a decision. So he, he wouldn't commit to that. But I do think maybe Aldo would have a little bit of the inside track. You know what I mean? I mean, out of either one of these two winning – Aldo's definitely with his name space and what he's done. You got to think that he's got he get he gets a bigger nudge. I would think so. And and, I, and and I was comparing that to like the winner of O'Malley Yawn, the winner of San Hagen Song. You yeah. know what I mean? But I still think out of all those, like he's got the, even yep. O'Malley, even O'Malley, because O'Malley's got time on his side. Yeah. You know what I mean? O'Malley's got time on his side. So um, interesting fight there. Tyson Pedro uh, versus Harry Hunsucker at light heavyweight. Tyson Pedro is back. Tyson Pedro looking lean today, by the yeah. way. Um, you know, and, and in just incredible space, he did uh, break my heart. Yes, he by, did. By uh, by revealing that he is not using his normal walkout track, <laughs> uh, which uh, I'm feeling sexual was like. Dude, I, you know what's funny is when he had his comeback fight. Um, I had totally forgotten about that song. Yeah. It had been four years. Yeah. And I'm sitting in there in the apex, and all of a sudden that shit comes on, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I remember this. I'm feeling sexual. <laughs> shit was catchy as all get out. I was just, but you know what I did? I didn't push it because he said I changed it. Yeah. I wonder if it's uh, because it's Salt Lake City, and this is a bit of a – you know, maybe a more conservative town. I don't. Do you think the UFC would make that concession? No, because I feel like he used something else in another fight since then. I feel like, because he didn't use it on the last one, right? No, no, he did. He did. That's what I'm saying. It was the comeback fight. But didn't I feel like there was? We've had multiple times where he didn't use beforehand. that. He switched it up beforehand, and then maybe went back thinking like he was trying to get his mojo back or something. Might have been. Um, but yeah, that song is, is catchy as all fuck. Broke my get heart. Broke my heart. He's a big. He's a huge favorite according to the odds makers, understandably so. Um, Harry Hunsucker, to his credit, uh, I like. He's saying all the right things. I, I think it's still a tough fight for Harry Hunsucker, but you know. He came in and yeah. was like, uh, it's kind of a funny little scrum. He came in and was just like, you know, listen, I know what everybody's saying. I know what everybody's doing. Um, I'm, you know, I know what everybody thinks, but like that's, I enjoy that space. I enjoy that role. Yeah. And, and he was like, <laughs> it was funny. He's like, you, you know, you think I'm not used to people talking shit about me? He's like, my name is Harry Hunsucker. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I've been catching <laughs> shit since I was a kid. I was like, oh, that was pretty funny. I will say, I will say this. No, nah, I won't say it. I'll tell you later about it. No, nah, I'll say it. I think Mark Remondi messed up when he was like, what's the funniest joke somebody's ever said about your name? Like, you want me to sit here and tell you, like, some shit somebody's talked about me? Like, yeah. I don't know. It was kind of weird. I was like. I mean, I could see where he was trying to get a nice bite. Like, because if he, if he would have bit on it and was like, yeah, you know, they used to call me cocksucker or yeah, something. But, but, I, you know, once it kind of fell flat, then I was like, okay. I mean, he shot his load. He tried. He tried. I, and I'm not picking on Mark. I know, I know Mark's catching some strays He's catching this week. some shit lately. He's catching some strays. I'm yeah. not trying to pick on But I did think I was like, oh, man, you know, like. Jeez, you're like Kevin Ioli over no, here. No, just, I'm, like, trust me, dude. <laughs> I, I, and uh, you know what? In, in fairness, I'm sure Marcus probably had to deal with his shit of online abuse as well. But, like, I've seen, a, I mean, people say dumb shit all the time. Like, I don't want you to yeah. come to me. But, hey, tell me the best thing that somebody's talked shit about you for. Like, yeah. I, I don't, but at least I don't he brought it up. It, it, he brought it up first. It'd be, one thing, it'd be one thing if somebody unsolicited was like, bro, your name's kind of funny. What's the what's the worst thing you were ever called as a that's kid? That's true. Okay. Yeah, you know, maybe, he, so at least right. he brought it up first. And I think Mark was just following up, hoping that he would get 
a funny little bit, you know, but he wasn't he wasn't ready yeah, to I'm bite. Like, bro, I'm I not, lo- I'm but not it was about, almost kind of funny. To give you ammunition that somebody's going to use. But it was kind of fun that he was like, "Oh, I can't I can't tell you the, the I can't tell you the worst." So I mean, it was a little bit, bit funny, but then, you know, Mark was like, "Well, what was the second bit?" And that was the part was like, "Okay. He's not he's not good. Let it go." Let it go. <laughs> uh by the way, skipped over it and should mention it was just because I was looking at my notes, but uh the battle order did change. Uh Wu Yunan versus Lucy Pudalova, although I know her name has changed. I can't remember what the when the, she was first in the UFC, we called her Pudilova, and now it's Pudilova or something like that. I don't know. I, I, we'll have to get. I, I, I sorry, that. Lucy. It's still Pudilova. It's still Pudilova in my head. <laughs> like it's in my brain. Like yeah. Sorry. It's it was Tiago Alves for me for like ten years. So it took me a while to get Alves. Uh, once you're in my once you're in my brain a certain yeah. way, it's in that way. Um, but you'd I will have say, to take a bunch of mushrooms to rewire the to brain. Rewire them. Well, the new neural. I guess if that's what it takes. Uh, <laughs> no. Hey, Luke. What you doing? Hook me up. Uh, you I awake? This. So it's so it's funny, right? This is one of those ones where, and and and, and I probably shouldn't question anybody because you know I, I was talking last week about you know the two newcomers, the two Yasmins that were on the main card, and they obviously delivered. And I do understand style, like stylistically, these two girls can scrap, dude. Like, yeah. they don't necessarily have the best record in the UFC, but they throw down. So I do expect for it to be an absolute barn burner. Um, but I don't know. It's weird because you you ended up taking Martin Tabora and Alexander Romanov off the main card, and those are ranked heavyweights. And I don't think, I don't think, I don't see stylistically Tabora and Romanov being boring. I think, uh, I mean, I know heavyweights sometimes can be a little bit, but yeah. Um, and again, maybe that's maybe they expect it to be exciting. That's why they have it on ABC and ESPN, and they're trying to get that buy into the. You know, you know, you're trying to get that last little bit of fireworks so that people say, "Yeah, I'll spend the 60 bucks on the pay-per-view." But I feel like you could have accomplished that with Yanan and Lucy as well. So I, I don't know. It's like I understand, and, and it's funny because I'm not one of these people that spends a lot of time discussing card placement because, again, there's a whole bunch of stuff that people don't think about that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but it just seemed weird to me to take off ranked heavyweights off of a pay-per-view and, and put this fight on. Although I do anticipate it to be a scrap. So yeah. Um. Interesting fight there. Leonardo Santos, Jared Gooden, uh, Leo, man. I love uh, Leo just uh, – I mean, the the old-school grappling legend still going at it. Loves MMA. Um, Jared Gordon, obviously, uh, always repping his cause, man, which I can respect that. You know, I was talking about the fact that he wants to fight at Madison Square Garden later this year. He's like, you know, my grandfather fought there. He's like, I used to shoot dope out there. You know, like, I was like, I love it, man. You know, and, and, and for anybody that knows, it's not that he's condoning shooting dope. It's that – He's condoning that he, he wants people to understand that, you know, addiction can be beaten. So, uh, big one there. Sean Woodson versus Luis Sadana. I spoke to Sean Woodson uh, ahead of the fight, and, and he's funny, man. Sean's like – and I, I loved his quote. He's like, I'm the easiest dude to game plan for. I'm the toughest to ex- execute for. He's like, you know what I'm going to do. You know what my game plan is. I ain't even trying to hide it. Like, yeah. I'm coming out. I'm just going to jab you up. I'm going to box you. Like, try to stop it. So, um I'm looking forward to that one as well. Miranda Maverick, Shanna Young. Uh, look, I think it should be a fun fight. I mean, it's it's funny because everybody seems to complain about the fight night cards, which, by the way, have been delivering a lot lately. But yep. the good thing is, you know, if if you do believe that the fight night's a little thin, it usually means that's because the pay-per-view cards, they're they're stacking them deep. So uh, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. Any, any Anything uh, that stands out to you on the card that, you know, out of those, the er, the early prelims or the late prelims or anything I mean, that you're Arichi most like? Lang's always good. Yeah. That and Jay Perrin, I mean, I think that fight's going to be really good. But also, I mean, the very first one, Victor Altamirano and Daniel De Silva, I think that could be a good one. Yep. Um, Albazi and Figueredo, you got the, the champ's brother right? there against Albazi. I mean, this really is, I mean, 
Yes, when, when it gets to the front of the card, I mean, there's maybe not a lot of the names that everybody's like, oh, I have to watch this. But when you look at the people that are there, you know, the people that obviously listen to this know who these people are. I mean, it's going to be a good night. I mean, I, I hope I didn't because it. it should be a really good fucking night. And I know what you're looking forward to now is getting this edited and, and getting some sleep since you're on about 24 hours. Well, no, first I want maybe some ramen or something. Some ramen. And then sleep will be later because now it's at the point if I go to if I fell asleep now, I'd be ruined. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. But I figured get this edited, uh, get some din-din, and then uh, then sleep. A couple frosty beverages? Perhaps. All right. Now he's in the game. <laughs> least, we drug least, him out. Uh, you know, I got you know, I got things to do. I got I got peoples to call, oh, things to do. Okay. Things are happening behind oh, the scenes. Oh, we'll have to talk about it over at Frosty well, Beverage. Later on, yes. Not it. not for the air yet. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well I'm looking forward to that. All right. Listen, uh if if you want to uh help us out, man, please do us a favor, rate us, review us, uh make sure you logged in, all that stuff helps us. And of course if you want to take it to the next level, patreon.com yes, slash. I'm going right now because we have somebody we have to say hello oh, and welcome did to. We get so, a welcome? I, I appreciate yes, that. Patreon.com slash the Road show as little as three dollars a month you can help support the show we'll give you uh, exclusive access to the and a half episode where we recap the fights each and every week there's a ufc event which is damn near each and every week yes like sterling mcbride just did welcome to the family sterling i send him a message i don't john's been very busy traveling oh, the world, doing gonna. commentary doing this spending time with his kid so I know I send a message, oh but I want to make sure that we set it uh, on the show as well. So thank you, Sterling, for jumping aboard. And obvi- obviously everybody that's been a long time uh, patron, you guys are fucking rock stars. Yeah, uh, life is – I'm not going to lie. Cold Coffee is the one handling the uh, community business at this point because <laughs> it's, it's been a little tough. But we're getting there. We're making progress over at MixedMartialArts.com. we got some things in play, and hopefully we'll have some, some news as we continue to move things forward. So, uh, all right, listen, we're going to get this thing edited. We're going to go – Cruise the mean streets of Salt Lake City <laughs> before everything closes down <laughs> in before three hours. Closes to, by the way, it's so funny. I, I had, you don't come to Salt Lake City very often. There's uh, a reason for that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> landed last night, uh, flew, and I was like, man, I kind of forgot how pretty it is up here with all the mountains. It is and beautiful everything. with all the like, mountains around. Man, I was like, I need to bring like my family up here, let them check out Salt Lake City. Like it's absolutely gorgeous, you know. And I was like, all right, uh, check into my hotel. I'm like, let me. Where's where's a place I can pick up some beer so I can have a little couple frosty beverages for the room? And dude, it was like nine o'clock and everything was closed except for one place was open till ten. Uh, luckily, it was only like a mile away, so I walked to there a mile away and I walk in and I'm like, where are the coolers? There's no coolers. I gotta buy my beverages warm. Like, <laughs> what kind of hell on earth is this, man? So I picked up my warm beer. Yeah. Brought it back to my room, and then I was all those ideas of I need to come back to Salt Lake City turned into like, when's my flight out of here? Like, <laughs> Straight out the window. <laughs> Thanks, Salt Lake City. We'll see you later. Let's get these liquor laws changed. So, in the meantime, thanks for listening.